Hi, hi. So, in today's episode, uh, we're actually talking to Willie and Falk, a Spanish couple that moved from Spain over to Germany and started a new life. And they've got a few really interesting takes on the whole financial independence movement and specifically ETFs and simply on like how to get like hard data and, and like compare that against you know what's actually going on having statistics having values reading that and making assessments based on that because what they actually did is when they saw all like the, the statements of financial independence and everything around it um, they went back to uni they did a one-year master's program and essentially just educated themselves on every possible thing you can get for them to be able to evaluate ETFs for them to be able to make educated financial decisions. Uh, yeah, on top of that, we also pretty much go through like, you know, how hard is it, you know, as a foreigner going over to Germany, living in that country, figuring it all out with the language. And, you know, obviously for every immigrant, that's hard, but for somebody who wants a bit more and actually make use of the system, that's also a little bit more complicated than normal. Anyway, we really hope you can get some value out of this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Not the show this time, enjoy. Well, actually, still the show, but well, anyway, enjoy it. I'll leave it at Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. So, hello everyone, we've got a two special guests today, Spanish living in Germany, Will E. Fogg, so Will and Fogg. Welcome to Financial Independence Europe. We're going to be talking today mostly about passive investing, what it means, how to do it, and maybe a bit on, you know, tax systems in Germany and Spain. So it's going to be very interesting. Today with me, I've got my co-host Alvar. Hello, Alvar. Hello, people of this world. And yes, yeah, so take it away, Willie Fogg. Can you tell us a bit who you are, what do you do, and where you're living right now? Okay, so so first of all, thank you for this uh, interview and attending this moment for, for the podcast. And let me say that it's great, uh, this idea of the podcast and how you are creating it and evolving, involving more and more people and having more interviews. That's a, it's a great idea. Thank you. And, and later, let's say that the first thing that we could say is that we are not one, but two people. Mm-hmm. So we are Will and Fog. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is also that what we are doing, we are following a path that, like uh, other people, in which we had our jobs and we are having all our life working and just improving and trying to get promotions. And, and eventually, and we live like... Our expenses are similar to perhaps the ones that we had when we were students, perhaps. And but now, year after year, with we are saving a lot, a lot, a lot, and we didn't know what to do. And at some point, we have been thinking, oh, we should think about retirement, and we should learn what to do. So we did a, a master in finances, but well, one year uh, learning. That the key point here is learning what to do and discovering blogs and people and. Finally, we got into the financial independence. Yeah. And because is- actually, actually, it's quite, let's say, the information that you get from your parents or your friends is like, no, you have to go to work and then you will be working for the rest of your life until you retire. And then you have to promote as much as possible because this is considered success. And yeah this is this is it and but however if you you know you read 
blog here and there and you start investigating, you see there are many options that actually give you a lot of freedom, like, for example, the financial independence. Hmm. Very true and very interesting. And of course, one of the pillars or one of the big parts of, you know, saving and and reaching financial dependence, retiring early is this passive investing. Could you tell us a bit what is passive investing really? What, what do you mean by that when you say that that's a strategy to reach financial independence? What do you mean yes, by passive investing? Yes, in our case. Investing? Yes. So the passive investing. So the idea is that when we attended this uh, master, which is a formal education, it was with the Spanish online university, right? The UNED, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I believe in UK, is like an open university. So, so it was very interesting because we got a lot of formal knowledge about, in particular, from the academia, from the papers, what the science says about investing. And not even from a complex point of view, but, for example, the idea that all the papers, all the information about how passive investing is better for a small investor than many other things, any other options. And one of the reasons for writing in a blog was also to say, we have to get this information and provide to the to the community, let's say, for perhaps translating from English to Spanish. And... And anyway, bringing the knowledge from the academia into the normal uh, people, to the citizens. And so the passive investing, indeed, is nothing else than the buy and hold, and which in our case, we, for us, makes sense to do with uh, mutual funds, investment funds. Although I understand that different people could have different approaches and also buying dividend uh, companies' stocks and keeping them for long term, minimizing the purchases, buy and sell, it's also a good choice. It's a, it's a similar approach. But in our case, what we do is to buy the market, which is the so-called bogleheads approach. We buy the, the market, passive investing, simple, minimum number of buys, sells. And we find, since we are not experts, because we want to, to learn a lot and to be sure that we are not making any mistake, but we are not professionals of the field. And for us, passive investing is... In the, in the sense of uh, mutual funds following a broad index, it's uh, the way to go because it's simple, it's transparent. We minimize the risk of making mistakes in case a company goes, goes into bankruptcy. Well, it's a minimum fraction of the index. However, if we buy the stocks individually by themselves, if a company goes into bankruptcy, it's perhaps worse. Or you have to buy maybe 100 uh, companies in order to have a broad equivalent to uh, an investment fund. Anyway, for simplicity, transparency, and efficiency, we are very much into passive investing. Actually, it's also, let's say, because you have other things to do, right? And then if you have to be managing a long list with your Excel there, you know, with all the different stocks and what they're doing and I have to modify so that they match what the index says and so on it's like look I have no time for this so this is why we're using yeah ETFs in this so case. exactly that's what I was just going to say that mm-hmm. when you say passive investing you're really saying index funds and ETFs right mm-hmm. yes exactly 
What I also would like to ask then, so in the whole financial independence world and investing world, there's always this debate between active investing, so giving your money to a bank, a manager who invests for you versus doing it yourself. You've already given a bunch of arguments, you know, like why you really like a simple ETF approach, limited cost, limited risk in that sense. But it's also often like an argument that, you know, say we've got a recession coming, a crash that active managers are way better able to manage that. And like, you know, you will not see a 30 or 40% drop in ETF portfolio, but they'll actually be the ones that kind of like maneuver your in a more efficient way out of the crash. Like, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Maybe what I could say is that, okay, this is a very good uh, point. And I have been, I have seen this argument many times. And, but every time that I had a look at the end, it didn't work. This is, what I mean is during the crash, those active managers, they, they had the same problem. So the, the market went down for them as well. It's not, a, and the key point is in, uh, passive investing is nothing else than to buy the, the market. So it's uh, the average. It's, uh, so it's simply that uh, you could choose different active managers. Some of them, they will go better and the others one, they will be worse than the index, than the, the average, the mean value. And when you get the mean value with the minimum expenses, you get the, is the most efficient approach. Statistically, it's the best approach because you say in, in the long term, some of them, they will better, they will be better and some of them will be worse. In average, whatever they are buying, which is stocks and they are conservative or more wild during some moments, but they buy their actions, their stocks, and they subtract afterwards their cost. And it doesn't matter if the economy is going well or going wrong or is going wrong, going up or down. It doesn't matter. It's a active managers. They always go worse than the, the, the index because they, they follow the index because it's the average. It's mathematically, it's the average. It's uh, the, the mean value for all the managers. Minus the managers, we have to, in the investment fund, we have to subtract the cost. And it doesn't matter if it is uh, ah, the, the moment of the, if there is crisis or not, it's always uh, worse. In, and this is also possible to see during the, the crisis, the, the active managers, they were worse than the, than the passive. And it's a, for me, it's, a, it's an argument that I have seen many times against passive, but to me, it looks like a, in support of passive because it's a, it doesn't change because active managers, they don't know the future and it's the same. So it's always the same. And actually, I have to say, one of the things we learned in this uh, master that we were studying on finances, it, because in principle, this is the same training that you get if you want to become yeah, like a, a manager, like a manager and you want to manage a fund and do the asset allocation and all this stuff. And then, for example, the way they study the company it is actually very sophisticated, true, because the models that you use are really complex. But then to calculate in the end if it is worth maintaining this company or, or you get rid of it, you don't want it in your portfolio anymore. But this super complex model depends on some input. And the input is something that you guess. You say, well, I think... I don't know, the, the, for example, the amount of customers is going to increase by, but I guess. And this is, oh, it's all full of guesses what you enter into the complex model. So in the end, it's like, mm, I don't know. And coming from a background that is what we have 
hmm. that is physics. We both studied physics. It's like, look, it doesn't look to me like <laughs> I would put my money on this, you know. What's the quality of the measurements? What's the quality of the inputs? What's the error? What's the noise? <laughs> and give me numbers. And from our point of view, uh, okay, the analysis of the company is a positive thing. It can be yes, done. Yes. But the the error bars, the, the, the possibility, the possible value that you get at, at the end could uh, could be very, very different depending yeah. on different yeah. inputs, slightly different inputs. Yeah, I think the, so, wow. the, the biggest difference, I think, that is really as an individual investor, I don't need to make gains immediately, right? I can think long term, <laughs> whereas mm. an active management, the company needs to try and make profits, like high profits every single year they need to have really good numbers every single year there's a lot of pressure but me i don't care i'm doing this for the long term so i'm very happy with a seven percent average if one year it goes down to minus five and then the next year is 21 no problem i'm okay with it whereas a company will be like oops damn you know so i think that's the biggest yes yeah. uh, argument for also passive investing also by the way i could say a few words is that we like a lot the, this passive investing using yes investment funds uh, passive funds or ETF as well. And, but I understand that different people, they have different views and different expertise. And I'm thinking, for example, when I talk to friends or family, they usually what they want to do is to buy a flat, which I could say, ah, oh, it's not efficient because uh, there are, you have to pay a lot of taxes, VAT, and, and there are a lot of losses that you don't have when you invest in the stock market. Uh, but also it makes sense when you have to choose in between amongst buying a flat or doing nothing, yes, please, buy a flat because at least you, you will not have to buy a rent. So it depends if you feel comfortable. I would say as well that some people prefer to buy stocks directly, which is also makes sense if you are an expert on that topic and you know what you are doing. It's at the end you buy and you keep for the long term. It's very similar to, it's basically the buy and hold and it has some similarities. I still believe that the buy with a low cost investment fund Long term, it's uh, perhaps slightly better, but but I agree that that's it's also very similar. And as long as you feel comfortable with your choice, and that's also uh, perhaps the most important idea. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on your fears, right? Your internal fears, because for example, I remember we went to a meetup in in the Netherlands, was it not? Oh, in Belgium. GC Finance. In, exactly. Uh, yes. And then I remember that one of the points, because they were focusing more on high dividends, and their fear is that, oh, I don't want to, to touch the money. So whatever I bought, I don't want to sell it. So I want to live on the dividends it produces because just, just selling is scary. I don't want to do that. Mm, it's a way and it's perfectly okay. In our case, we don't rely that much on the dividends. If we get dividends because this ETF distributes dividends, that's perfectly okay, but we are more in the Bogle approach in which you keep the balance of your portfolio buying or selling whatever corresponds in this particular moment. Hmm. Okay, wow. so that also means that, you know, once you reach your number, you'll just simply subtract the safe withdrawal rate from your portfolio every single year and live off that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because it was also very interesting that from the point of view of the accountability in a, in a company, the fact that the company could, um, when they have benefits, they could pro provide them to the investors as a dividend 
or reinvest in the company, improving the the, uh, the, the equipment, or perhaps yes, uh, buy themselves, buy back their stocks. So companies they have different choices, and providing dividends is one of them. And mathematically, or from the point of view of finances, the everything is basically the same. It doesn't matter because it's the value of the company, right? That's also what we we got because at the beginning perhaps we were more thinking about having the income from dividends, but afterwards, since from the point of view of accountability, the company is basically the same, mm -hmm. sharing, giving the dividends or keeping them for the company, for improving the company, and therefore increasing the value of the stock. So that uh, um, makes sense that, uh, yeah, it's the same. So there is no, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter if you follow the rule of the 4% mm -hmm. selling some assets and getting that as an income in the long term, or getting this 4% from dividends. So hmm. it's basically the same. What I also like about like your approach is you really went to like a one year finance master, learned about academic objective side, evaluated different approaches and still concluded, okay, ETFs are the way to go for me because it's simpler, more reliable and transparent. Like what I like about it, like for myself, like I'm, I buy individual stocks. I like researching companies at the same time. I also go with a low cost approach, but I use multiple strategies, but I do believe that it's, you know, good not to put all your eggs in one basket. And because the whole world seems to dive into ETFs, exchange traded funds, and see, um, like some countries, like 30, 40% in Japan, for example, like the, of the actual stock market is owned by ETFs. And I just feel like there is going to be a point where, like, I'm not an expert on the mechanics of ETFs, but if everybody does the exact same thing, there has to come a point where it doesn't work anymore or it gets dangerous. So I feel like employing multiple strategies or multiple ETFs by different providers, for example, like, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. This is a very good uh, complaint, the uh, criticism, because if everything is in passive investing, uh, something should not work. I have to say, uh, with respect to this, a few ideas, because I'm also somehow concerned. We are also concerned about this. On one hand, let me say that there is the, this website, uh, www.etf.com, in mm -hmm. which they have a, an option to say, you choose your share the company, for example, Apple, and you see in how many ETF, um, ETF could be, it's because this website is only about ETF, but there should be something similar about the standard uh, classic uh, mutual funds. And in how many ETF these uh, Apple, these uh, companies, and there are plenty. I think I tried with Tesla and Apple, and there are about 100. It means that it is, yes, passive investing is growing a lot. But also within passive investing, let me say that there are a lot of different possibilities because there is the simple, uh, plain vanilla, uh, just buy the market. But there are also the um, yeah, social governance, uh, yeah, sustainable, sustainable thing. Whatever, yeah. In addition, maybe some uh, com a company belongs to the small cap ETF about the market, but also could be the mid cap or the large cap of value or growth. And there are plenty of, uh, it's always somehow passive because you buy a, a segment of the of the market but there are plenty and a, a typical stock could be in 100 of them and it's true that the largest is the plain vanilla the simple just the the biggest the, the standard buy all the market but there are plenty of other indices and it means that even if everything is passive well it's passive but there are different uh, flavors different mm -hmm. ideas and 
and also with growth and value. So that's a, that's a, maybe the first idea to say. Yeah. And, and and also ETFs are instruments used by professionals to create their portfolios according to whatever strategy they have. So you can do active investment with ETFs. So this also gives a different hmm. point of view. On yes. hmm. In fact, maybe something that we could say. From my point of view, one of the things that uh, made me to think I wanted to invest in passive investing using ETF was that when I came to Germany, I came as a freelancer and I thought I need to a pension plan so to save for for retirement. And I joined a system, uh, it was with a company which I forgot the name. But the point is, it was in German and at the beginning I didn't understand, I just followed the advice from a, a berater, uh, the advisor, let's advisor, say, yeah. and he suggested a company and I put every month a uh, part of my income in this uh, thing. And after three years, I thought, I had no idea what I'm doing this. What is this doing? What are they doing with the investment? And I had a look and I spent a few weeks translating the all the documentation, uh, maybe 20 something pages in a complex using thanks to Google Translate and this thing. And because at that time I didn't speak German and well, it was amazing because following all the links and doing the proper job that I should have done at the very beginning. And just give me, I will tell you why we are doing what we are doing. At some point I was paying every month some money and upfront 6% was lost in the fee, the load fee or something. 6%? It means that from every 100 euros, Six were directly lost, so only 94 were invested. Afterwards, every year, the cost of this uh, rent uh, the the pension plan was uh, the cost was about two and a half percent per year. So from every 100 euros invested, two and a half were lost every year. And when I had a look to what did did they really do, they bought the the world, the this ETF, then MSC. MSCI uh, world, the, the, the most famous index, which is just the following the economy of the world. And with a famous, I don't remember, it was either iShares, I think so. The point is, I was so upset when yeah. I, we learned that we could do the same 10 times cheaper yeah. because because you had to pay the 6% upfront, two and a half per year, and still you had to pay the, the cost of the investment fund, the, sorry, the, the ETF, the world, yeah. which it was uh, 0.25. And I thought, I can do it myself. I can go to uh, the Giro, the Hero, or any broker and buy directly the the world, yeah. whatever with uh, this index with any uh, fund manager, uh, Vanguard, Vanguard or iShares, mm-hmm. for example. And it could cost me ten times less. And I was shocked because mm-hmm. because we normal citizens we don't know what's low cost and what's expensive. And if we want to buy a car. So let's buy a low-cost car, maybe a Dacia Logan or 10,000 euros. But we know that 10,000 euros is, okay, a good price, but we know that 100,000 euros for a Dacia Logan is not good. This is obvious in our normal life, but it is not obvious when we are thinking about investing because we don't know what's cheap or what's expensive for saving for retirement and these things for us. It was shocking. And... I said, I don't know, I don't want to know anything about this. And I took the money out. Well, I pay a, a penalty 
And anyway, now we are doing it ourselves. Uh, we are very happy yeah. and it works. And and also it was a very shocking when we thought, okay, let's have a look at other options. And then you go to the bank and you say, what have you got as a pension scheme that could be positive from a tax point of view? And the problem is that it was not transparent at all. It was impossible to get when you when you ask them, but what is in the portfolio? I want to see what you're in. No, no, but this is this is super good, huh? Because Allianz, Allianz, I think they would say, yeah, Allianz, they are managing this. So don't worry because no, but don't tell me Allianz. What's inside? What what are you buying? What are you selling? So thank you so much, guys, for that awesome information. I find it really insightful to get like this whole academic comparison also from the both of you and like get this whole mixed up with like, you know, your own experiences, the academic background and like the mechanics of ETF investing. And one resource I wanted to point out is actually regarding like, say you want to do a bit of active ETF trading yourself. One resource I use myself is bursman-etf.com. Not no affiliate in any way, but just I like his system and he has a whole free resource list. If you just want to learn about ETFs, like if you're interested in it, it's even if you just want to invest passively, it's a really good way to learn about like the mechanics of ETFs behind it. You know, just if you want to understand what the heck are those ETFs actually doing and how do they work, it's a website I would recommend going on. Frohes Fest! Kerstfeest! Merry Christmas and Joyeux Noël! Feliz Navidad! Ho, ho, ho. We start our mega giveaway Christmas challenge. Hello, everyone. So, yeah, we've got a very exciting giveaway challenge here at Financial Independence Europe podcast taking place in the next three weeks. The winners will be announced on the 23rd of December. But one second, Alvar, why again are we doing this giveaway? Really good question, Aramenta. So we actually got a couple of reasons. We would just really like to spread the word of Avai, connect with more people around the EU, and also, to be blunt, get a couple more iTunes reviews. But I'm also curious, Matthias, how the heck do I do this? How do I participate? It's very simple. You just go to xmas.financial-independence.eu and you find all the details written there. And by the way, the more you share, the more love you'll get from Araminta and all of us. Yeah, very important. The more you share, the more points you get, more likely you are to win. And wait, what are you exactly supposed to win? So the prizes are, number one, a free ticket to the Financial Independence Retreat next year. Very exciting. The second prize is one hour of coaching with the one and only Ken, founder of the award-winning site, The Humble Penny. Or you can also have one hour of coaching with us, the Fight Europe team. Third prize is the sustainable frugal package, some cool items from Amazon, very excited, and you will get that delivered at your doorstep. Fourth prize are some hand-picked top financial independence books, and for everyone who enters, a bonus episode for 2019, no more saying anything there. If you want more details, go to xmas.com financial-independence.eu and you'll find more information there. Looking forward to hearing from you and Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! And the next kind of question we really had is like, what kind of tools are you guys using for the actual investing? Because we've talked about like the banks, Allianz, the Giro. I'm just really curious, like how have you got your investment approach structured in terms of tools and software? So what we could say is that Perhaps, as uh, we said before, that we are not professionals. So we want to keep everything very simple. That's why also, although perhaps buying stocks and having a diversified portfolio with stocks could be an option, 
in our case, we like a lot ETFs because they are very simple. It means that, for example, Fog, she buys uh, the world and uh, fund with uh, bonds. And that's it's a typical 60, 40 percent uh, mm-hmm. portfolio. It's super simple, a typical Vogel. And in my case, I'm basically doing perhaps the same, but I wanted to split instead of the world, having SP500 representing USA and uh, Vanguard for develop Europe. And I'm also thinking uh, something for Asia and another and the four part in equal parts. It should be the the, like the European government bonds. So anyway, in both cases, it's very similar to uh, Bogelhead, the Bogelhead approach. And perhaps we are always thinking that maybe the permanent portfolio is also very interesting because the philosophy of the permanent portfolio, no? the, this sentence by Harry Brownie, the idea of we have our jobs, that's our source of income, and and that's uh, the idea, and we save for the... So that's a positive idea. Please. Mm. For- and then regarding software, basically, well, we have some brokers, but that's not software. And the only thing we have is an Excel. And then with the Excel sheets, yes, we... Exactly. We have the Excel. Mm. Uh, so just so the Excel spreadsheet you use to get an overview of the brokers or for the investing part, and that's just a simple, straightforward system. Exactly. Let's highlight that it's only the Excel file because as long as we have only very few assets, let's say the Vanguard uh, World or the Vanguard uh, SP500, there are very few. It's not like having 100 uh, stocks or something. So it's very simple, perhaps. Yeah. I would say. Well, what what we have as well, we have an app. Uh, my stocks portfolio is exactly. called right, and this one basically when you when you want to know what's going on right now, although you shouldn't take decisions based on what is going on right now because it's a buy and hold. But there you can have a look at what's the situation right now. Yeah, we're going to be linking all those in the show notes so anyone can access those. One quick question is that, so you're a Spanish living in Germany. How do you invest as an expat? Because this is a big question people have in Europe. Oh. And it's not easy because, I mean, in the UK, me personally, I'm okay because I just invest in the UK and I have assets in the UK and I, I just stick to that. But I am in Spain now. And, mm-hmm. and if I wanted to invest in Spain, I don't really know where to start. I don't really know what to do. So have you decided to continue investing in Spain or are you investing in Germany? Mm, so we're not focusing on Spain or Germany because this is one of the things we learned in our training in the master that. The world is very big. And if you focus only on a local economy, then you're going to take a lot of risk. And we don't want that. So we have several brokers actually in different places in Europe, because then you can move freely the money without paying any tax or anything. So this gives you a lot of freedom. Then via ETFs, you can buy an index covering the whole world. So you can you can access, I don't know, Asia, you can access the US, whatever. So we're not really focusing on, on Germany mm. or Spain. Also, we could say that even not only what we're investing on, but also the way to implement. We like a lot the ETF, but at least the so-called usage, because the usage is the, this label that gives you the, the kind of European passport in which an investment fund approved in a country is also by default acceptable in any other companies transparent regarding taxes is easy and 
we said we are living now in Germany, but perhaps we could live in any other country. Uh, eventually, we hope in the long term in Spain. And how to make it easy for us to have an investment in a country and to make it acceptable in any other. And this thing about the usage is a, we understand is the way to go because by default it's acceptable in every country. And yeah, that's a, and also yeah. I think also by the way regarding what you said before, Fog, is that the, the economy of Spain is perhaps the two percent of the world economy. So the idea is that there is no reason to focus only on the two percent because what about the the other ninety eight? So that's why we invest in the in the world in general, and that's uh, that's uh, what we want to. Yeah, I love that, and it really shows that we're really lucky here in Europe to be able to access those you know all world funds and that's what i do too all world life strategy vanguard yeah. and i'm just the, the more the better i was wondering what are the specific so you said de giro what are the specific european brokers do you use for example we have we try to to have a couple of them to minimize the risk of having any problem for example in my case i use a typical german bank which is comdirect which is a typical online bank and and also because I started with Saxo Bank, which is in Denmark, somehow it gives the service in English, which was good enough when we started, because mm -hmm. I didn't feel comfortable to do uh, complex things in German, and it was okay. I believe Saxo Bank, although they are based on Denmark, I believe I'm using the 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 company in uh, the ah, Saxo Bank in Switzerland, I believe, because that's uh, for the German uh, region or something like that. Yeah. So. And in my case, I'm using Diduro nice. uh, in Ireland. I started m many years ago using, when I was living in, in the Netherlands, ABN Umbro, because this was my normal account. And then I could add a depot or I don't know how to call it, but something specific to buy ETFs and so on. But then when I left the Netherlands and considering the fees were very high and so on, I, I abandoned that. And now I have basically because I wanted to access an ETF on gold, uh, I opened an account in Flatex nice. that is here in Germany. Cool. We're gonna we're gonna put those in the show notes so everyone can check them out. Hmm. And one maybe also Sorry. something that we could say is that which is perhaps relevant because we always thought in the long term we are going to go back to Spain. So whatever we choose should be something simple that. We could pay taxes in Spain in the future when we live in Spain easily with no problem. And in Spain, there is the idea of uh, uh, accumulating funds. The idea is that when an investment fund is accumulating and not distributing the dividends, well, that's better because you, you delay the payment of taxes. And we thought, ah, this is the way to go. We've got some uh, ETF that are accumulating. However, here in Germany, it's different. You must pay taxes on every dividend, even although the investment fund didn't distribute the dividends. So, which I find very uh, somehow annoying because because we want to invest for the long term. I don't want the dividends now. However, in Germany they want to make it simpler, transparent, and you pay always. You always pay for the dividends. Either you got in your pocket, or you are. Yeah, inside the, the investment fund. So it means that we started on a way and we had to change halfway because the, I got my, my accountant told me, no, oh, this is a mess. Oh, goodness. And uh, we had to change. So it means that now in Germany, we invest on funds that they distribute dividends. By the way, just the Vanguard ETF based on Ireland. And so we get dividends 
although this is not what we want somehow well we pay taxes now and when we move to spain in in the long term that really should be okay very nice and just one last question real quick because uh, i personally am very interested in this and i've never really understood what's the benefit in them robo advisors what is your take on that real quick and then we're going to wrap up because we don't have much time left but you just tell us what are your opinions on robo advisors are they worth it and should someone look into investing through them so i could say just a few words in, uh, because i had a look and i thought well let's see what is this and because maybe this is applicable to us I know now that in Spain there are a few companies providing these uh, robot advisor services and they are very passive. You choose a portfolio and they man they do the rebalancing from one to the other. So what I thought is um, I prefer to do it ourselves because it's simpler, because also what we do is so simple, just the bobbleheads or, or perhaps the permanent portfolio. It's simple. We can do it ourselves. It's not complex. And it's slightly cheaper because with the robot advisor you have to pay an extra perhaps 0.5% per year which is it's not very expensive but that's a, it's breaking slightly the, the rule of the low expenses and what I understand is that perhaps it makes sense if you want to have something very very simple and you don't want any complexity at all even although following a simple portfolio is not complex but maybe you want something easier. But in that case, makes sense because you know that you make a bank transfer once per month and then take care of everything. And perhaps a 0.5% per year. It's a small fee in addition to whatever fees are the, those fees for the funds. Nice. So I think that's a, it could be suitable for them, some people. For us, doesn't matter. And what I thought, maybe that's a fuck I didn't tell you. Well, the idea is that if we come back to Spain mm. and as a pension fund perhaps it's a good way to get some uh, taxes pay less taxes and still have a uh, passive investing with the support of the government i mean paying less taxes mm -hmm. because otherwise we pay full taxes and that's always a problem but uh, anyway yeah, very interesting thanks for that and yes yeah, so really the argument is that just you know it's better maybe to have a bit more control and you know it's just a tiny bit of fees you know what's the point of that absolutely so guys we've always got our final questions to finish up episodes and what i would really like to ask where can listeners find you in terms of podcast book website email twitter handles instagram how can they reach out to you well what we could say is that first of all we are writing in a in a blog which is called losrevisionistas.wordpress.com i have to say that i i feel not very comfortable with the name of the <laughs> the, the blog because it was a joke with me and my friend, uh, we didn't focus on uh, anyway. Maybe it's not very appropriate. Uh, anyway, uh, after years and years, at the end, I'm writing about our path to passive investing, our financial independence. So, so yeah, that's a, we are writing there our ideas, and it's a way to make public what we are doing. And also, at some point, what we did is to we said, well, maybe we could write a book because I was taking notes of what we were learning and. Yeah, it started a bit like, like okay, let's take some notes on this training that we were doing on finances, just for us to remember. And then we realized, hey, actually, we could put everything together and this could be a nice book. And, and yeah. So somehow we are recording what we are doing in our life in this uh, book, which is something called like uh, 
libertad financiera con ETF. Oh, sorry, it's in okay, Spanish. We'll but it, also so. the point was here that everything is in English and not in Spanish. And I said, hey, let's yeah, try to keep the, transfer the knowledge. We need that. Cool. So question number two is, what is one resource not well known that you would recommend? So this can be a blog, a podcast, but not well known. So you can't say Mr. Money Mustache because that's what everyone says. <laughs> Mamma mia. That's uh, very complicated. Maybe what we could say is that somehow we started by this person, uh, well, maybe he's known, but early retirement extreme, because there is a person from Denmark, yeah. uh, Jacob he's... Lund, he moved to USA and he cho he has chosen the very low cost but... financial independence. And somehow, I think he was perhaps the first thing that we read and we thought, incredible. Well, and... But unknown portfolio charts, are they very known? Uh, I think portfolio charts are... They're very never well heard known. of them. Mm, okay, know. that's fine. Then the last of the final questions. What would be your like number one actionable tip for somebody on the path to advise? So the one practical thing they could do to just improve their life like crazy. I could say perhaps we are focusing a lot about this training because okay. when you learn something, but your life... It's different. You cannot imagine a life in which you don't know what you know. <laughs> so now, when you try to explain ideas of what's the cost of a mortgage and these things, it's possible to do because we learned <laughs> and, and the, the mortgage works this way or not. So training, reading books or, or getting formal education, it's a must because otherwise you even you don't know what you don't know. It's yes. A, yes, and then you think that everything is simple is good or bad or and you don't realize how complex and connected everything is so yes training i agree with you really work from a standpoint of knowledge and like having a background and not just copy pasting every single thing you find yeah. online awesome guys willie and folk i love your names by the way thank you so much for the amazing insights and i really feel that you know for our listeners you know as a summary it can be really valuable to like get an understanding of like how do you actually buy etfs how do you get to them and what's like the whole thought process and you guys really brought it to like an extreme in, in the sense of taking a whole year finance master to like truly understand them and like you know at, we've really debated all the pros and cons and like go through the whole emotional but also like objective process of what's best and like what it does to i mean like a young couple moving from spain to germany and you know kind of this i mean honestly quite challenging process because in it it is a really difficult system to hack in to they want you to like not understand and make you pay and you guys beat it that so thank you so much for that so yeah thank you for thank coming you on guys. to the show yeah. <laughs> thank you uh, thank you also to you for having the by the way the podcast and what a great idea and uh, it's just a wonderful tool for the for the community to know to listen to the other people what they are doing and we can reinforce each other no? because I guess we all have the concern and this is what we usually say that we want to talk to other people to know if what we are doing makes sense and it's difficult and thanks to having a community and in the, this podcast is great in, in this sense so the, thank you very much thank you guys thank you so much for those kind words okay. thank you Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. 
all the mentioned articles, books, and core resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.